Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Hey guys, if you're finding Beyond the Bikini helpful, you might also like my Instagram and my TikTok. I'm your host, Nicole Ferrier, and you can find me at Nicole Ferrier Fitness on Instagram and TikTok. There, I drop more fitness tips where I cover similar topics as I do here on Beyond the Bikini. Make sure you check them out in the description down below. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. Today, we have Lexi Swearagen. I hope I got that okay. <laughs> You're good. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Lexi, tell us a little bit more about your Instagram handle because I think people might know you a little bit more from yeah. that and then what you do. Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Lexi Swearingen. You did not, you didn't butcher it too bad. Um, my Instagram handle though is Coach Louie underscore. So that is how I'm known on, on the Instagram world. Um, I am an online nutrition and fitness coach. I do what I call holistic health coaching. I focus on the whole human hormones, biofeedback, all the things. Um, I mostly work with fitness girlies. So the ones who are eating healthy, working out, but maybe not seeing it pay off in their physiques the way they want to. So that is my specialty. Yeah. And you know, one reason why I wanted to bring you on Lexi is I feel like you're someone that isn't like spilling BS. Like I feel like there's a lot of bad content out there that is misleading Mm -hmm. and you're very like blunt and honest with like how it should be done and setting like realistic expectations with your goals. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. I definitely try to give like a picture of reality when it comes to everything, because I feel like there are so many, I don't feel like anyone out there is fully lying. I feel like everyone's Mm -hmm. like calling bullshit on each other's content all the time. And I don't think anyone is necessarily always lying or always trying to lie, but our industry is filled with like half truths. And I know that's like a lot of what we're talking about today. You know, there's no like bad or good. There's so much gray area and people Mm -hmm. don't have the context to like understand where that all comes in. Yeah. I mean, even as a listener today, I encourage you to take your like defensive mechanisms and like put them down and just be open because there is so much nuance um, in, in many situations where you know, something for one person could be like the worst thing for them to do. Something for another could be like the best thing they could do. And mm-hmm. it doesn't make that person better than the other. It just means that their story and their solutions look different. And, you know, this even makes me think this kind of like inspired it of people having like a miniature video that they're like reacting to. This seems to be like the most trendy thing in like the fitness and nutrition space where they're like watching someone exercise or watching someone eat something or do this or that. And then they are providing commentary about it. And I do feel like it does bring a lot of like negative undertone and confusion in this space. And, you know, there's plenty of even like influencers that we we're not going to name names today by any means, but influencers that create this type of content that might be like the perfect person for you to follow. And that's totally okay. So just understand that, like moving forward. (laughs) Yes. No. Okay. I talked about this on one of my podcasts recently too, but I follow one creator who like, I love the content that he, he posts a lot of the time, like great creator, but does a lot of the like mini video reacting stuff. Mm-hmm. And he posted, he posts a lot of, you know, the mini video reacting of people saying, Oh, this is how you tone your waist, or this is how you snatch your waist or build your glutes. And he's like, wrong. This is not how you do it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he posted one and it was a girl saying something about, um, cortisol and group exercise. And kind of, I guess, shaming group exercise for that reason. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, this video is discouraging people from exercising. Like she's saying that group exercise is bad. You're discouraging people from going to the gym. But I'm like, isn't that what you're doing all the time? What if someone bought yeah. Sally Sue's 21 day ab guide and you're shaming that too? So it's like, yeah. uh, how do you win out there? You know, <laughs> I think with love reaction videos, given a positive undertone can be great. But mm-hmm. I'm someone that actually had a reaction video made of me on a very popular political um, commentator. And it really upset me because, again, I didn't get to defend myself and I didn't even get to share the context because they can cut any little bit of that. I mean, even those girls doing mm-hmm. like the snatched waist, you know, they could yes. show maybe part of it like as a joke. Right. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't know unless they trimmed it before it said, read the caption. Don't do this. You know? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. It's scary too. As a creator, <laughs> right. I feel scared. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope no one comes for me. Like, even then you, you know, you you're posting comments and stuff. Right. Yes. And they, people can be so nasty. And I literally had to like unfollow. Not, well, not that I thought fo- I didn't follow this person, but I had to stop scrolling because it was actually like really bothering me mentally. I'm like, great. This video has 400,000 views with people calling me derogatory slurs and this or that. And I'm like, this is like so dumb. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And you have an online business. You're like, no. (laughs) Maybe I'll tell you when we're we're off of the podcast. But one topic I wanted to bring up first was intuitive eating and like Mm -hmm. having a specific physique-based goals. And, and how this can be a little bit of a double-edged sword or like a misleading approach. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. Okay. So I don't even know where to begin. First of all, uh, no shame to intuitive eating. Like, I think it's amazing to be able to get through your day and not track your food, you know, like, and I know you relate to that. Like you, you've been in this industry forever. You're super familiar with macros and how to feel your body and you can easily make it through your day and not put your food food into the MyFitnessPal app and know that you are like fueling your body and nourishing your body and all of that jazz. And same thing for me. Like I can go Mm -hmm. weeks at a time without tracking my food and maintain my weight and my body that I feel super comfortable in. And like, that is my goal for all of my clients. Um, And I think the... The point that's important here is when you said someone who has a specific physique goal. And I think with that in mind, the way that it's being sold. So like for me, you know, someone on the internet might see a picture of me or you and our bodies and how we look and say, I want to look like that. You know, I want to be toned and I want to have that like nice butt and like, I want to feel comfortable in my clothes or whatever it is that they find attractive about our photos. Um, and if we were sitting there and selling this sexy solution of you don't have to track your food, like just listen to your body and like eat what you want and blah, blah, blah. And featuring only that part of our journey yes, that might entice those people. They're like, oh, heck yeah, I can look Mm -hmm. like this girl and I can intuitively eat and all those things. But that would be misleading on our part because we both know that the reason that we can maintain our physiques the way that they are and the reason that we have the knowledge that we have is because of the time, not, not the weeks, not the months, but the years that we've both put into learning about nutrition and tracking our macros and going through periodized nutritional phases with reverses and and bulks and fat loss and all of those things to get where we are. So it's like, yeah, I could sell what I do now to maintain that that might be appealing to someone, but that isn't how I built what I have now. And I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah. I think, um, a lot of people don't get to see everybody's like dark side when they first started their fitness journey. You know, Mm -hmm. I personally track like four days on, I take three days off. I just got back from a vacation. I didn't track my food for 10 days. Nothing happened to my body. I literally came back. I actually lost like two pounds. Mm -hmm. Wasn't the goal. Um, cause I'm currently trying to build muscle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, is I didn't get there 
overnight. You know, mm. it was really hard for me to learn how to be more intuitive. I would binge, I would restrict, I would, you know, maybe overexercise a little bit too much and then, you know, really have a lot of racing thoughts around meals. And mm -hmm. I think everybody wants this like automatic, like, that's what I want. I want to happen now. And they don't realize that they have to unpack a lot of stuff first. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to have to track mm -hmm. first until yep. you can become that intuitive eater. And yeah. if you have a specific goal that is pertaining to fat loss, you actually like literally can't be intuitive because you have to ignore your hunger signal sometimes. You know, when yeah. I'm in a fat loss phase, like people act like it's easy. Um, mm -hmm. No, you get cravings, you get You're hungry sometimes. Hungry. Yeah. yeah. And you can't just eat whatever you want. And uh -huh. that's, yeah. and yeah, and intuitive eating isn't eating whatever you want, but it's eating until you're satisfied. Yes. Eating until you're satisfied. And in like, what isn't that I'm not like an intuitive eating coach by any means, but isn't the definition of intuitive eating or like part of the, the principles or whatever that you are eating without purpose for like your physical, like you're not trying, you're not eating with the, with the focus on changing your physique. You're eating, like you said, mm -hmm. until you feel satisfied and just, you're listening to your hunger cues and all of that. So I would argue too, even someone like you or I, if we are not tracking our macros, that isn't even intuitive eating. It's like yeah. mindful eating or like informed eating. I like to call it because even if I'm not tracking a darn thing, like I'm eating with the thought in mind of like maintaining my current physique, you know, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. ah, I should put some protein on my plate or like, Hey, my plate probably needs like some vegetables or you know, yeah. in my head, I know that the meal I'm eating is probably about the amount of calories that's going to keep me satisfied until dinner, you know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's not just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. a little contradictory too. Cause a lot of these influencers also seem to be extremely anti-diet mm -hmm. where they have a huge personal history with like dieting really hard or disordered eating. And they mm -hmm. think that the diet's the reason for the eating disorder, but I cannot say this enough. An eating disorder is a mental disorder. It is not just because of your circumstances. However, there are things that can be a catalyst to an eating disorder. But if you're dieting in a healthier, sustainable manner, which mm -hmm. you and I both know is totally reasonable and doable, yep. you should be all right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's interesting because I don't know about you, but like I have like restrictive eating, ED, ED history. And I went through that before I ever got into like macro tracking or anything mm -hmm. of the sort. And I know everybody's story is like so, so different, but I had a lot of like food fears and I thought, you know, specific foods would make me fat or, you know, who knows. But once I started tracking my macros, it, it actually helped me be like more objective about food and you know, learn about it, impact, which was mm -hmm. empowering for me versus other people that claim it's going to give them a eating disorder. Yeah. It's really the way you think about everything. Right. It's definitely a perspective. And I'm not going to lie. Macro tracking does not work for everyone. That mm -hmm. is okay. Some people even just tracking their protein and calories is far more reasonable. But yes. the reality is, is we all have to figure out what our next meal is going to be. And really the only difference is, is your like planning out a more balanced meal and in different ratios. And I think people mm -hmm. overcomplicate it. Like, Oh, I have to pre-track my whole day. It's like, no, you're just meal planning for the day. That's yeah. really all it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> just meal planning for the day. Yeah. Cause if you don't, and this is like most people, they wing it. They're unhappy with their physique. They feel like they're working hard and they're not seeing the changes, but then they don't have the data. And in reality, if you're in that place and you're like, oh, I want to be an intuitive eater, you kind of already are an intuitive eater. It's just kind of messy <laughs> because you haven't learned how to create these balanced meals in the first yes. place. Oh, it's a breeding ground for frustration. I'm like, would you rather spend the time, you know, tracking your meals or learning about nutrition a little bit and also get the results that you really, really want? or 
still eat food and (laughs) just not spend the time planning it and then be upset that you're not getting the results. And like, Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it, but I don't know. Interesting. We're going to kind of bleed into a different conversation too, of like coaches who might have like a bodybuilding history or a really dense athletic history where they've got like a lot of muscle on their physique, a lot of shape. People would define, define this as like a, a goal body. Right. Mm -hmm. And they seem to, again, make it look effortless or their intuitive eating, or they're just in maintenance. And Mm -hmm. people think that, you know, either they're skinny fat, they don't have a whole lot of definition, or maybe they're more on the heavy side where they have a lot of body fat to lose. They think that they can just get from there to there quickly. And they don't realize that that physique that they're admiring actually came from a totally different background. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? And like maybe some different, like, you don't have to name like influencer names, but just like different types of content that you feel like is kind of confusing and or misleading. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it kind of goes along the same lines in that what is someone else's maintenance is not how they got there. And I mean, when did Instagram world kind of blow up? I would say like 2014-ish maybe. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these kind of OG influencers, again, like, yeah, I'm not going to name any names, but I do feel like a lot of the like OG like bodybuilding fitness influencers from kind of that time period. I remember like when I was in college and I was following these people on Instagram and they're posting, you know, chicken and rice and their Tupperwares and bodybuilding competitions and all that stuff. And now a lot of those same girls, they still have rocking bodies. They're maybe not totally shredded, but they're posting like, you know, intuitive movement and just like, you know, going to Pilates or maybe they are doing kind of like the F45 classes and stuff like that. And that's great. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but you will never get the body that they have from doing what they're doing now. Like they Mm -hmm. are doing what they do now to simply maintain what they've already built. Like Mm -hmm. the building process is so much different than the maintenance process when it comes to food and exercise, you know? Yeah. It really is like the foundation, like something. And we also have to mix like genetics in there. For example, we were talking about like body parts and how people capitalize on like their shoulders or their butt or their abs. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I personally have, have, I don't have the best abs in the world, but I have stomach definition year round. I've Mm -hmm. had it since I was 12 years old Mm -hmm. and it's greatly genetic. And I've had people message me saying like, you know, how, how do you have abs while you're trying to build muscle? And reality is, is that's just the cards I was dealt. You know, Mm -hmm. I might have some definition there, but guess what? I don't like the cellulite on my butt. I don't like that. My arms don't like defined. So it's always like, we want what we can't have. And we need to recognize that that foundation that that person has, like it's a skill. And muscle, Mm -hmm. what's really cool about it is once you build it and you're still staying active, it actually is pretty hard to lose. And most of these people aren't neglecting protein. You know, they're still being intuitive, eating their protein. (laughs) Yeah. So, so they're never like losing that muscle that they gained in the first place. Mm -hmm. And they're still moving their body. Like, I mean, I'm eight months into this ACL injury. I tore my ACL in March skiing and I'm eight months into this ACL injury being pretty much sedentary for the most part, other than like upper body training. Um, and I've certainly lost a lot of muscle, but the knee injury is on my left leg and like my right leg is still holding pretty strong. And that's just from like like a lot of walking. I do like a little bit of lower body stuff at like PT and whatnot. Um, but it is generally like pretty challenging to lose muscle and that, Mm -hmm. and 
It's funny too, when you talked about like your body and your genetics, I'm the opposite of you. Like I'm the person that's like jealous of you because I have like leaner (laughs) arms, but like my stomach is the first place I gain it. So like, if you look at pictures of me from before I started lifting weights, I have like the little toothpick legs and like, I've always had like the belly and that's the first place that body fat goes for me. But now, I mean, I have spent, you know, I started training at the beginning of college. So around 2012, 2013. So like I've been lifting weights for 10 years now. And I have clients even that will tell me or like people on Instagram that are like, Oh, I'm jealous of like your stomach or like, I want to look like, you know, I want a small waist like you. And I will literally sometimes send people a picture of my old body because I'm like, this is not how I am genetically. Like I Mm -hmm. built this over so much time. And now you can look at me and say like, oh, she eats mindfully and this and that. But it's like, no way. I had to put so much work into this. And now it's easy to hold on to it. So don't do what I do to get where I got. You get to do that once you get there. (laughs) Yeah. And for some people, it is easy. But on another side, for some people, they're actually really working their ass off and struggling to maintain their current physique. And they're trying to make it sound like it's easy for them. Yes. And like behind closed doors, they're still not going out to eat or they're they're scared to miss a workout or um, they have a lot of major insecurities. Yet what mm. they're showing on social media is this like super happy, spiritual, intuitive, like thriving mm. person. And on the inside, unfortunately, they're like really struggling. Yes. I saw, I forget who it was, but I saw some creator post the other day about, um, it was like a friend's giving or she was on a trip or something and had posted like pizza for dinner and was like, you should be able to have pizza when you're on your journey, blah, blah, blah. But then she flipped it around and said like, but this is where, what I had to give up this morning. Like I had, I switched out the pancakes that I wanted to get for breakfast for like an egg white omelet with like a fruit cup on the side and this and that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is a good piece of content because like, that is the reality of maintenance too. Like we're not all just like free, like winging it. That isn't what maintenance is either. And Mm -hmm. I think Yet again, people try to sell like the sexy, easy fix that people want because they want the body, but they don't want to put in the work and tracking is like, Ooh, don't talk about that. Like, I don't want to sign up for coaching with you. If you're going to tell me I have to track my food, like that's so restrictive and this and that. So if I show, look, you can eat pizza. Then people are like, tell me how. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it is important that I'm saying like, yeah, you know, I did have pizza for dinner and I didn't feel guilty about it, but I also did have an egg white omelet at breakfast instead of the whatever else. And I did only have one drink instead of, you know, five. And I, you know, it's like, there is more to what meets the eye. It it takes work. I don't know why I'm like thinking of this analogy of like driving right now, but it's almost like maintenance is like putting your car on cruise control. Like you don't just whip your hands off the wheel and you say, you got it. I mean, unless you have like a Tesla or something, but traditional car, you don't do that. You, you still have to pay attention to the road. You still have to Mm -hmm. watch out for things that are going to get in your way. Um, you, you have to put in work there. And I think a lot of people, they, take their hands off of their own wheel too often Mm -hmm. because of life events or they're not, they don't feel like it, or this is stressful or it's the holidays or whatever might be. And then they wonder why they aren't making progress. And reality is, is you haven't learned how to just keep your hands on the wheel and put in the work, even if it's maintenance, because every single phase takes work. Just every single phase has different pros and cons. Like Fat loss for a lot of people, they thrive there. That's easy. And then when they build, that's really hard. Some people, when they build, that's easy. But then fat loss is really hard. For a lot of people, maintenance is really hard because they love the anxiety that a different phase. Yeah. Yeah. The results, the scale or whatever might be. They love to chase that, but they don't know how to like just be. So you got to just kind of lean into that process too. Yeah. No. And I think, I think 
we do people a disservice when like creators in general, I mean, or like fitness coaches or whoever, we have to market ourselves, you know? So like we put Mm -hmm. out this content that's like what people want, which is being able to feel a little more free. And a lot of it is this kind of maintenance content and maybe it does feel easy to us, but I think sometimes people get the impression that it is going to be easy or it is going to be easy one day once they lose the weight or whatever it is. And then they get to that point and I'm like, oh no, like it's still a lifestyle. You still have to keep eating the protein at meals and maybe you don't have to track so meticulously every single meal, but like the way you're living isn't changing. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the core of it. Like for me, when I'm in a fat loss phase, like I was in a fat loss phase for my wedding in 2021. That's really the last time I was. I was pretty darn on top of it. I was pretty darn meticulous with my stuff. I tracked on the weekends. I, if even if I went out to eat, I threw it in my fitness pal, you know, just to hold myself accountable. Like I tracked and I hit my goals. And then into maintenance, like I don't track every single day. I'm, I'm like you, I take three days off, track the other four, you know, check in on myself and Um, but even on those days I take off, like I still live the same way just because I'm not reporting it in an app. I'm still choosing a protein source with my breakfast. I'm still not eating myself into discomfort. I don't wear an Apple watch anymore. Like I haven't in years, but that doesn't mean I don't know about how much it takes for me (laughs) to get eight to 10,000 steps. Like I still do those habits. So as much as, yeah that maintenance isn't okay. You can do whatever you want. And Mm -hmm. maintenance also isn't as rigorous as getting there. Yeah. I think it's just a little bit of like an ego death too. You know, you have to Mm -hmm. let go of being like the binge eater or the partier or the, Mm -hmm. I'm just too lazy to work out, or I'm not an early morning person, like whatever you too much to yeah, (laughs) exactly. Whatever is your kryptonite, you have Mm -hmm. to work on developing this new person that you want to be. And, you know, like with your past of like struggling with food, like I'm sure you had to let go of a lot of that and that was difficult, but you had to do that to get to where you're at now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I've really been through all of it. I'm, I'm doing this like content little mini like series right now where it's like how I would have coached myself at like this point in my fitness journey if I would have like had the chance and it's mm-hmm. just so interesting because I'm like, oh man, if I could have talked to her back then, like 10 but years ago. The, I mean, reality is you probably wouldn't hear it, you know? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Had You have to go through it. Like yeah. you gotta, you, you have to suffer it to learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about a hot topic and that is uh, Pilates and that being the end all be all in changing your physique the feminine way to move your body in order to Mm -hmm. get toned. What are your thoughts on Pilates? And do you feel like it's conflicting with the message of like weightlifting? Yeah. Um, I think Pilates is great and fine. Like if you like Pilates, you know, more power to you. But if you think Pilates is going to get you the body, like it's probably not. And I don't know, everyone has different body goals, right? Like we all have a different picture of what that ideal body is. But most of the time when women come to me, their goal body has more muscle than they realize that it does. And to build muscle, you know, you have to put mechanical tension on that muscle and progressively overload that muscle. And if you've never done anything in your life, then sure, Pilates might progressively overload your muscles for all of a couple weeks, but then mm-hmm. you have to you have to do more. And yet again, kind of like I said at the beginning, it's these people that are just preaching like this intuitive, whether it be eating or movement, that's just like listen to your body and like, you know, you can kind of go easy on yourself and whatever, but they have this bodybuilding history, or maybe they 
even if they weren't bodybuilders, they lifted weights for years and built all this muscle. Well, kind of like we were just saying, Pilates might be enough for them to maintain their muscle Mm -hmm. and lifting once a week, but you, someone who has never lifted weights or never lifted weights seriously, like it's not going to get you the muscle. Mm -hmm. You have to think about the outcome that you want. You know, something that I recently started doing on occasion is like pole dance classes and they are not to change my body. I literally just do them because I think they're fun. If you want to do Pilates because you're like, this is fun. You know, this is relaxing. I love the community. I'm all here for it. But if you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm doing Pilates to build my glutes, to build my shoulders, that's not going to be the best movement for you. And it can feel conflicting because you feel burning while you're Mm. working out. Um, I've taken like one Pilates class. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. But just Mm -hmm. because something is hard doesn't mean that it's effective for muscle growth. You know, Mm -hmm. I could go out to a golf course right now and swing a golf club a hundred times. I'm going to be so sore, right? Yeah. But was that effective for muscle growth? No. No. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And like, if you have different goals, like maybe you really just want to work on core strength for whatever time. But like, oftentimes it really is like a physique thing and people think, Mm -hmm. and Yet again, like I come back to the marketing all the time and like the way that we're selling people these solutions. Cause I think that's where the problem comes in is like, it's like insecurities. Yes. It's like, there's nothing wrong with Pilates. There's nothing wrong with group exercise classes. There's nothing wrong with intuitive eating, but we're selling people intuitive eating to look like me and get this body that I have. That's not how you got there. We're selling mm-hmm. people group fitness classes to tone this and that and burn fat in this specific zone. No, we're selling people Pilates to tone the small muscles and like have the tank top arms or whatever. And it's just like, no, we're selling people these crappy solutions. And yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to think about the marketing with a lot of these things. Like you'll see Pilates, like they'll say like, you know, the feminine body. Well, The only reason why you're saying that is because only, I don't want to say only women, but it's probably about 90-10 where 90% of class, um, like people that are taking class participants Mm -hmm. are probably women and majority of people that are lifting weights are probably men. Mm -hmm. This isn't because lifting weights is masculine and that's not because Pilates is feminine. It's just because of how all of that has been marketed and traditions, you know, it's newer for, for women to be lifting. You know, I know for me, when I first started working out, um, I think it was 2012, 2013, when I started lifting weights, Mm -hmm. um, there was not a lot of women. There was maybe one other woman in there Mm -hmm. and I can see, you know, maybe in 10, 20 years, I could honestly see the gym being a 50, 50 split of women and men in the weightlifting room. If not already at times I see that, which is great, but that's because of the market and because of social media and because we're seeing more women lifting and because Mm -hmm. we're seeing even things like CrossFit, like guys, I don't love CrossFit, but it did a great job at showing women like using a barbell and -hmm. being strong and I think that that's opening the door in this space, but don't feel like if you want to lift weights that you're this masculine being, or that if you want to do Pilates, that, that does, that, that just makes you this like dainty little feminine flower. Like you got to get away from these like identities. (laughs) I know. I know. I really think that it does influence people. You know, I, I was talking to a friend you're right about the weight room thing. Like I started lifting, like I said, I think like 2012, 2013. Also I was in college and started lifting, started learning lifting for the first time, like in my college rec center, surrounded by dudes, like surrounded Mm -hmm. by all these frat dudes. And like, I would have guy friends that would like make fun of me and be like, Oh, getting swole Lex, like pumping iron Lexi. And I'm like, you know, fuck off, you know, <laughs> you know, but I just went for it and did it. And I was talking to a friend the other day who was nervous to go to her apartment gym and lift and, and the most dead gym ever probably. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I don't feel bad for you. I learned to lift getting made fun of by my frat boyfriend. So <laughs> sorry. Um, but it's true. I do think it's becoming more popular, which is really good. But then 
I also, you know, we turn around and see the Pilates stuff and hear clients say like, oh, I don't want to be bulky. And, you know, we talked about genetics earlier and I think that is an, that's a factor with this too, because I've also had clients tell me or like people on Instagram, you know, I don't want to look bulky, but like, I want to look like, I want to look like you. I don't want to get too bulky. And like, the reality is I am pretty tall and like more on the lanky side when it comes to my limbs. Like I said Mm -hmm. earlier, I don't naturally have like big legs or arms, but like I deadlift almost 300 pounds. So yet again, it's like people are seeking out a look when you should be seeking out like a way of being a process, like getting strong and I don't know. You got you to gotta just focus on feeling your body, getting strong, lifting, consistency. And the reality is, is what you get is what you get. You know, mm-hmm. I see girls with these like super bubbly rounded delts and I get yeah. so mad because I'm like, I can press 40 pound dumbbells and I can do all the lateral raises and I do mm-hmm. so much work here, but my muscles aren't extra bubbly like theirs. And yep. the reality is, is that just might be the cards that I'm dealt. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm going to quit? Does that mean I'm going to stop training my shoulders? Does it mean I'm going to yeah. have a little, you know, pity fest for myself? No, because yeah. I know if I don't do that, my shoulders will look definitely not plump at all. <laughs> so- How would your shoulders look if you did Pilates? Oh. <laughs> if I did Pilates only, I mean, I would probably retain some of my muscles, but I already know that I would definitely not have the size that I have now. And I have to work my ass off for any little ounce of muscle I have on my body. Yeah. So Pilates no. wouldn't give you the toned shoulders, you know, like, but it would burn, but the burn yeah. doesn't grow. Right. Right. That's the crazy thing though, is people really think, oh, well, you know, my arms aren't as toned as I'd like. I'm going to go do this Pilates class, like Mm -hmm. and tune those small muscles. I'm like, that isn't going to help. Like it's just not, there's not small muscles either. No, you got to build the muscles. So then they show through your skin and your body fat. And that's what makes you look toned. I think people think, yeah, go ahead. I was was just going to say, and if these girls that have the muscle and the toned bodies are doing Pilates, it's because they did something else before that. That's Mm -hmm. giving them the look. What I encourage listeners to do is bring up an anatomy chart and you'll see the different muscle bodies. And what you have to understand is your muscle either shortens or lengthens, Mm -hmm. and it cannot just contract in certain parts of a section muscle. What I mean by that is your, your, uh, glute max, you can't just shorten half of your glute max and contract it and work that small muscle. Yes. Yeah. It, either the full muscle is shortening or it's lengthening. And yep. these small muscles, we all have small muscles. Look at the muscles on your face. They are so small and your neck. They are so small, right? But these in these deep muscles, even our organs are muscles. Mm-hmm. Your digestive mm-hmm. tract is a muscle, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that that's, I think women are so scared of getting big. They're mm-hmm. so scared of the word bulk. Mm-hmm. That they have to be marketed small muscles because yes. the idea of a woman developing regular muscles is scary. Or what kills me, this is potentially my least favorite marketing phrase, um, long lean muscles. Ew, yeah. That one kills that me. That has trauma connected yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which like you just heard her talking about like shortening or lengthening your muscles. She literally means like. When, when you're you doing a bicep curl, bicep like curl. at the top of a bicep curl, that is like the shortened version of that muscle. It's contracting. And at the bottom of the bicep curl, that's like the lengthened version of your muscle. But she doesn't mean your muscles can literally get longer sure. and leaner. Like your muscles are the size that they are. And everyone's muscles look different because we all have different like structures and like insertion points of our muscles. And all if of I that. could yet again, like, genetics. Actually... Yeah. If I could actually shorten your muscles or lengthen your muscles, you would be in so much chronic pain and you wouldn't be able to move properly because your muscles wouldn't match your femur length or your bones and your like anatomical system. So you don't want your muscles to lengthen because then you'd be a mess. 
We're going down uh, rabbit holes. Yeah, uh, we need to move on to another topic before I keep going. <laughs> um, something that you brought up that was interesting, and I've only seen this a handful of times, is the concept of never really bulking and never really cutting and only being like in maintenance. Yeah, I think this is a new one. I think this is kind of a new trend that's going around. Um, I'm, I've seen a couple like clickbaity reels these past couple of weeks that are like how I eat and, or like how I eat or how I train or how, whatever I maintain as this body as a person that never bulks and cuts. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that's interesting because these girls are typically tone, like what you would consider to be toned and they have muscle and they're lean and it's like okay maybe you don't bulk or cut now but you did you did (laughs) to gain that muscle (laughs) even myself and I'll tell you it doesn't always have this is where I think people get confused too and I think frankly I don't know if some of these coaches are creating clickbait content or if they're confused about their own journey like I, sometimes I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of lack of education too. I yes. mean, just because someone claims they're a coach and they do a bodybuilding show, they're not a coach. Like I know. you have to have education. And, oh. um, I mean, even you guys listening, if you were like literally thinking, like when I was talking to Lexi about the lengthening and shortening and you literally pictured your muscle lengthening, like it's okay that you're uneducated, but please hire a coach that's ed- educated and understands yeah. these things, you yes. know, yes. because it can be dangerous. And with the no cutting and no bulking, we have to think about the acceleration of your progress. So if someone wants to lose body fat and recomp, Mm -hmm. that can technically happen in maintenance with Mm -hmm. you building muscle and you can build some muscle in maintenance, but the rate of building muscle at maintenance will be slower than in a bulk. And the rate of losing body fat in maintenance will be slower than being in a cut. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to do things simultaneously. And I think people mm-hmm. think, oh, I'm just going to stick to maintenance. Okay. You can stick to maintenance, but it might take you five, 10, 15 years to yeah. really get to the body that you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like what I just said, or I'm like, I don't know if these coaches understand their own like journey. I personally like, okay. Personal story. I, like I said, I had some issues with like restrictive eating, whatever. And then mentally kind of just blew up. You can't sustain that forever. And when I did start eating again, I struggled with like overeating and binging and like Mm -hmm. my mindset with food and all that. I gained a lot of weight. Like I was a lot heavier during that time. I was eating a lot more food, obviously not in a very like healthy manner, but like I was technically in a surplus of calories. And I had also started lifting weights by that time. So like I'm over here hitting deadlift PRs and squat PRs and lifting weights five times a week. And I'm also binge eating and like, sure, I'm not, I'm not in a formal bulk, but like, but you bought them, babe. <laughs> I gained a lot of muscle during that time. Cause I was eating in a calorie surplus. And then yeah. guess what? I never said, Oh, I'm going in a cut. I'm going in a fat loss phase. But like I graduated college and I improved my relationship with food a lot. And I was able to consistently eat a more moderate amount of calories. I stopped binging. Guess what? You're in a deficit, you're losing fat and that muscle is showing. So like whether these girls can admit that they're going through these periodized nutritional phases or not, or whether they even realize that they have, like if you once weighed more and you were lifting weights and now you weigh less, you were in a deficit and you were in a bulk if you were gaining weight and lifting weights like yep and if you weren't fully tracking you don't fully know correct Um, and i think with the whole like i don't do cult don't do cult i hope you don't do cult um (laughs) i don't do cuts and bulks um you have to think about is that person content with their physique because i could very like honestly see myself maybe in five, 10 years being happy with my muscle mass. I'll, I'll Mm -hmm. have about maybe 20, 25 years of lifting experience at that point. I can see myself just maintaining and being good with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it would be a lot to say I never did a cut or bulk, you know, because I had to 
even I'm wrapping up year two of just building or bulking, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm planning on, you know, doing a cut in the future. And what is unfortunate is people will, I, I know I put on muscle and I accelerated mm-hmm. my muscle growth process. But when I do the cut, people will be like, well, how did your body change? And reality is, is without the bulk, I couldn't get the cut and I couldn't get the body I have now. <laughs> yep. I think that's it. Oh, let's, we, we could go on for hours about this stuff, I feel like, but that's another important thing with like reverse diets. I think oftentimes people forget that like a huge, a huge benefit to going through the periodization phases and like if you're in a deficit and then you bring your calories back up to maintenance or slightly above maintenance for a build like you're not just automatically then going to go into another fat loss phase and Mm -hmm. look different or look better if you're not training hard during that time period because I've had this with clients before that don't want to train super hard or are scared to train super hard or won't give up their orange theory and maybe just do nutrition coaching with me or whatever. And they like go through, they're like, okay, I want to do a reverse diet and then diet again and like look better or be able to eat more calories or whatever. And I'm like, well, you're not training. Like you're not going to change your body composition. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it all goes into the same point. But what you said, same thing as we've been talking about with the intuitive eating or with the Pilates, like these girls that say, oh, I don't cut in bulk and I look like this. It's like, yeah, you're at maintenance because you're happy with the way you look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you just got to look at someone's history. And, you know, a lot of these people, if they're a coach and you can see that fitness is a huge part of their life, like they've got a big history. If they're yeah. an IFBB pro, <laughs> they've got yeah. a big history, you know, and they uh, definitely are, they definitely cut, <laughs> you know, Yes, they do. Um, and just another side note, some people do Photoshop. You mm. can actually Photoshop videos now. Um, mm. I don't do it. I actually don't even know what app does that, but I've seen people do like reels on it, um, showing the difference and how it can be misleading. There's people that take enhancements, you know, um, peptides, anabolics, and they're not going to share that. You know why they're not going to share that? Because a lot of people live in countries where it's illegal. So Mm -hmm. who would outwardly speak about that, you know? So you just don't fully know someone's full story. I think there's a lot of great authentic coaches that provide great information, but you just got to be careful and, you know, I even had a client like the other day, she sent me a video of someone. She's like, do you think this girl's enhanced? It was very clear that she was yeah, probably taking something, mm-hmm. but it really surprises me how little people realize how little people realize. And they genuinely think a woman could naturally look like a female bodybuilder. I'll be honest. Like I'm not in the bodybuilding world. I never have. I've never competed. I never have. I don't have the desire to compete or anything like that. And even for me, like as a coach in this industry, sometimes I forget, like sometimes mm-hmm. I forget that these women who are like super lean and, you know, whatever, like they had a little extra help, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I get it. People that just aren't in the industry, like you don't, you don't realize. So it's crazy out there. I didn't even yeah. Another thing I heard recently is there's coaches out there that modify like their client transformation photos, <laughs> which like really shook me to my core. <laughs> I can't imagine like photoshopping my clients and then posting it for my clients to see what they're like. We've caused a lot good. of men- mental health issues. <laughs> my coach thought my waist wasn't small enough, so they had to photoshop it. Can you imagine if your coach posted a progress photo of you and you were like, huh, that's not the version I I sent in. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually had photographers Photoshop my body before and it made me feel some kind of way without <gasps> my consent. Oh my goodness. Oof. They made me like curvier. All right. <laughs> a little booty. <laughs> But I mean, we're, we're basically getting down to like, you gotta, if something seems almost too good to be true, or Mm -hmm. you're seeing someone that's in this more automatic 
phase, I just encourage you to ask yourself, what did they do to get there? there. Because you're seeing like the end product. You're not seeing all the behind the scenes and this can go for anything. You know, you see someone, you know, crossing the finish line at the New York city marathon. What did it take for that person to get there? You know, Mm -hmm. um, you see an Olympic athlete, what did it take for that person to get there? You see the one minute, you see the couple of seconds, you don't see everything that happened for them to get to that point. Yeah. And they're selling you on there right now. Like they're selling you on the life they're living right now and how appealing that might be because they're at maybe what they consider to be the end destination where they do have a little more flexibility and maintenance and whatever. And that is why like Nicole, me, like any coach that does, we will always preach the methods that got us where we are. Mm Mm-hmm. That we are still keeping up, of course, but maybe not as meticulously as we once had to, you know? Yeah. But it will be boring sometimes. It will yes. take work. Yes. You will not want to do it a lot of the times. I tell people all the time I don't like working out, but <laughs> I yeah. like how I feel after. Yeah, And that's okay. And you just have to acknowledge, like, if this is something that I really want for myself, I just have to, like, lean into, like, the suckiness of it sometimes and... Mm. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And embrace the lifestyle. Like as, as like sexy as maintenance can look like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much flexibility once I lose the weight and I make it to maintenance. It's like you said earlier, you never truly get to take your hands off the wheel. So if someone has a rock and bod and they're making it look like they can just go out and drink skinny margaritas and eat pizza and get takeout every single day, like that probably isn't the reality of how they're living yeah, and maintaining they probably their body. Don't want to take a picture of their chicken and rice and their protein no. shake that they had no earlier that, that day. <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. Oh, Lexi, man. where can people connect more with you if they're, you know, wanting to message you or get into contact? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is coach Louie underscore L U I E underscore. And my podcast is called Get Your Health Together. Sounds good. I'm going to leave all of your information down below and I will see you later. Awesome. Thank you.